My entitled boss demands that me, as well as the rest of the company that is stretched out over the entire state that we live in, meet up with him in person the next day for an all-hands-on-deck meeting. And despite our protests and telling him that this is going to be a logistical nightmare, this guy refuses to take no for an answer, forcing all of us to travel to try and meet up with him. So we, as a team, decided to get petty. And as a result, we cost him thousands of dollars in the process of simply coming to his stupid meeting. And I've never been more satisfied to watch somebody quit so early into their new job. Here's what happened. So I'll keep the details vague as possible because I am still with this organization, but I will say that I work for a government department. We have offices and locations all over the state, but I'm based out of a city that's about two hours of a train ride from our head office. At the time, I was working in a team that had members working remotely all across the state. They were looking after policy, they were in processing, and they were a part of quality assurance. Our old manager had gone and gotten himself promoted for being genuinely brilliant at his role. So our new manager, who we'll call Steve, that's not his real name, was hired in from the glorious world of banking, and he was apparently here to whip us lazy public servants into shape. A few days after he began his role, he called us all to a teleconference to inform all of us that he wanted us at the head office at 8 o'clock a.m., stating that tomorrow morning there's going to be an all-day in-person team meeting. He wanted to see us in person and size us up, as well as understanding what we do while also trying to see where we weren't keeping up in the private sector. As I mentioned, due to the nature of the work that we were doing, we were all across the state. So in-person, entire team meetings were very rare. And if they occurred at all, they were booked weeks in advance. We were all adapted to video conferencing long before COVID even was a thing. Now, some of us tried to tell our new high-flying manager that almost none of us were in the same city as him. And to be there on such a short notice would mean travel expenses, meal allowances, as well as overtime. But this guy simply did not care and told us in no uncertain terms to just be at the head office tomorrow at 8 o'clock in the morning, all before abruptly hanging up on us. Now, I should explain something first and foremost. I'm one of the handful of union delegates in our department, and I know it back to front, specifically the sections dealing with travel, allowances, and overtime. So I jumped into my favorite mode, which is malicious compliance. And if Steve really wanted us there, well, fine, we could do that, but it's gonna cost him. So I quickly went about emailing my team, explaining what Steve had done by requiring us to go to the head office at 8 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. And I also provided instructions in what to do. Because we would have to travel outside of our normal working hours, our workday clock started ticking the moment we left our homes and only stopped once we got home. Some of our team traveled overnight, and they were entitled to overtime to travel, a dinner allowance, and accommodations for the night. And the same for when they returned home. As someone traveling in the morning before 7 o'clock in the morning, I was entitled to a breakfast allowance, lunch allowance, and if I got home by 9 o'clock at night, I would also get a dinner allowance. So I left my house at 5 a.m. to catch the only train that would get me there in time. The train was running slightly behind, but I made it in time. So with my first three hours of my workday down, I've done literally no work. After a brief period of us introducing ourselves to Steve, he proceeds to spend the next four hours telling us about all the things he did at the bank, how he made so much money for them, where they would send him as a holiday bonus, and how we're all stuck in the past in the public service, while also claiming that the work that he had seen wasn't up to standards when it comes to the private sector. He had all the cockiness of a financial bro who had always failed upwards because others had picked up his slack. By 3 p.m., my entire team were into overtime pay territory, and Steve was just warming up with his non-charm offensive. Another three hours go by, with Steve verbally patting himself on the back, deep 
deeply in love with hearing his own voice, but all I'm hearing is ka-ching, ka-ching. We are making some serious cash. Steve decided that 5 o'clock p.m. was a good time to finish up. He stopped mid-sentence, looked at his watch, and unceremoniously said, that's all for today, go home now, and then just walked out. After I and a few others gave a few awkward shrugs to each other, we all packed up and started to make our own separate ways home. After literally doing no work all day, I myself got to the train station pretty quickly, and I saw that a train was leaving soon so that I would be able to get home by at least about 8 o'clock. Or I could do something a little bit trickier and instead catch all the station's trains and get home closer to 9.30pm. And you know what? No matter how fast I could run, I just couldn't catch that earlier train. What a crazy circumstance that I was stuck in, if you know what I mean. So I guess I would just have to catch all the trains in each station and be clocked out for another hour and a half, on top of having my dinner paid for. What a shame. All kidding aside though, I submitted my claims the next day. Four and a half hours at double rate, my train tickets, my taxi fares to and from the train station, my breakfast, lunch, and dinner allowances, and for me alone, it was close to a $500 expense claim. The rest of my team also followed suit and ensured they claimed everything as well. Steve actually tried to fight us on approval for the claims, but quickly learned that unlike in the world of banking, most public servants are unionized, and we would make his life a living nightmare if he denied our guaranteed allowances. His all-day symposium blew a good $6,000 in his budget. Needless to say, while Steve was our manager, he never required us to attend an in-person meeting ever again. After that, video conferencing was just fine. Steve eventually only lasted about six months before leaving for new opportunities. And you know what he did? He just went back to his old job at the bank. So I guess overall, he was the one who simply couldn't keep up. I think I've had a few managers like Steve in the past. They go into a job thinking they're going to whip this place into shape. They are clearly under the assumption that everybody else is lazy and he's going to be the savior of this business. When in reality, there's a good likelihood that everyone is in fact doing their job. And in fact, he's going to be the one that's going to be the odd man out. And based on the way he acted and the fact that he wanted an in-person meeting the next day is more proof than you possibly need to show that this guy just did not know what he was doing. I mean, talk about going into a job, being this narcissistic, self-aggrandizing weirdo, as well as instantly making an enemy out of everybody that you're around. Like, that's not fair in the slightest for anybody that works at that company. And I also think it's absolutely hilarious that the original poster, as well as their team, decided, you know what, we're going to milk this guy for all the money we can possibly get. And I honestly think this was well-deserved. Like, it would be one thing if they planned this long in advance, and they were like, okay, in like a month, we're going to have an in-person meeting so I can meet up with everybody and we can have a good time and talk about the business. But no, this guy literally only had a meeting to try and stroke his own ego. So, with all things considered, it probably really was a good thing that he left. And I think the original poster hit it on the head. This guy clearly was the one who simply could not keep up. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My friend is having a baby shower soon, and she invited me to come along, but I honestly am not sure if I should go or not. All because my friend has been very distant from me, as well as acting incredibly weird, and I seriously don't know what to do. So I met my friend Jane and her husband about five years ago through a mutual friend. Jane is not her real name. At that time, we grew close quickly and would get together often. We considered each other best friends and bonded over our love of activism, art, design, and similar lifestyles. At the beginning of the pandemic, our friendship started to fade. I was going through a breakup with my then boyfriend of six years, and she moved back to stay with her parents across the country. I tried to stay in contact. I was sending care packages. I took care of Jane's plants. I took delivery 
deliveries for her while she was away. I was feeling alone and stressed out, but I understood with COVID she was going through a lot and couldn't give me the support that I needed. I leaned more on her other friends and my family. When Jane and her husband returned, we weren't as close, but we still would get together often. I could tell she found it hard to relate to my dating stories, and I found it hard to relate to her stories due to some rapidly changing lifestyle differences. Most recently, she and her husband have decided to have a baby. This was a little jarring to me, as we had often bonded in the past over being child-free, and I admit while I am happy for her, I do mourn for our closer friendship, as well as the idea of being child-free friends. I was positive around her still, and I listened to all her worries. I also brought her pregnancy affirmation cards, and generally offered her some good support. It hurt, but I understand that she feels closer to her friends, who are more nurturing, or who also want kids. When we hang out, she talks a lot about her life, and I ask a lot of questions, but she doesn't ask a lot about me, other than asking, well, how are you? I have a major surgery coming up, and she seems to have zero interest in it, which makes me feel like our friendship is very one-sided. Over Christmas of 2022, she reached out to me and said she wanted to give me a gift. Now, I had not been planning on it, but I went out and I got her a thoughtful gift as well. When I gave mine to her, she said that she forgot the gift for me. Fast forward, and for the following four to six times that we got together, she brought up her gift to me and how she has forgotten it or she just didn't wrap it up and she doesn't want to give it to me unwrapped. I never asked about it and I completely understand that I'm not entitled to a gift, but I have to admit that I'm a bit offended, especially since this was her idea to do an exchange and I could have saved like, what, $75 in the process? It's now April and I still haven't gotten my gift and she still brings it up. Recently, her husband and her friend invited me to a baby shower in a few weeks and as a result, I was sent Jane's baby gift registry. The baby shower is the weekend following my birthday, but I don't have any concrete plans, so I really could attend if I chose to. She did apologize about being a bit absent and not being an active friend, but she did not do it directly to me, but instead did it through our friend group. Now, at this point, I am conflicted about attending, since I feel that I am not in a great mental state about our friendship, but also I don't want to be mean or petty. I am confident I could be pleasant and positive for the party, despite feeling a bit bitter about the state of our friendship. I've been wondering if I should attend while also not even getting her a gift in the first place or if I should just sit this one out. I do have to RSVP soon and I'm honestly not sure what to do. This is a tricky one. It really does seem like your friend has been very distant from you and very forgetful of you being a good friend. Like that's exactly what you were from the sounds of it. You were actively in her life and you've made a lot of efforts to try and be involved. But based on the gift exchange at Christmas, that was a really good indicator in my opinion that she does not value your friendship in the slightest. And as a result, she probably really only sees you as a good acquaintance, if anything. So when it comes to answering your question, I mean, you could go to the baby shower, but I would not get anything expensive when it comes to a gift. I would get something simple and just very cheap. Nothing above 30 bucks, in my opinion. And you could use this as an excuse to say, hey, you know what? I am involved. I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm trying to make some kind of appearance in a friend's life. And maybe this could be the beginning of you trying to bring back your friendship with this woman who does mean a lot to you. On the opposite end of the spectrum, though, I would completely understand if you sat this one out. For her to say, hey, let's do a gift exchange and then not exchange a gift with you is, in my opinion, completely inappropriate. And it's super toxic for her to keep bringing it up and to be like, oh, sorry, I didn't get your gift again. Like, why are you reminding me of that over and over again? So hopefully with whatever you choose to do with this situation, your 
decision is based off of what you would prefer. Because from the sounds of it, it really does sound like your friend has been very dismissive of your feelings. And that, in my opinion, absolutely needs to be taken into account. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. My entitled managers refuse to give me a meal benefit plan as I'm out in my city doing my job. So as a result of maliciously complying, I push them to not only get their legal team involved, but also forcing them to cave in and giving me, as well as my coworkers, the meal benefit plan that we deserve. Here's what happened. So to start off, here's a bit of backstory from a few years ago. I was working in healthcare. I was an HTA nurse, which around here is a nurse which travels around the city area doing health assessments, which don't require a call from 911. My job was essentially picking up the jobs, which do not require immediate response, and try to treat the patient either at home or, if not possible, give instruction as to where they can get treatment for whatever was the ailment at the time. It was a job to assist people so that they wouldn't come to the ER with small injuries or illnesses that could easily be fixed and taken care of at a normal regular healthcare center. Also, my other part of the job was to go around and treat patients who might have IV treatments regularly or other like-minded stuff like that. Now, here's where my biggest issue came in. I noticed that as we drove around large areas from one patient to another, we had to stop for lunch at some point and we would have to pay for our lunches from our own pocket, regardless of what it costed us. Now, this is common practice for something like the paramedics as they usually eat whenever they can 
and usually they're at some gas station getting food, so it's typically somewhere where they currently are and they just have time to eat. Now, with that in mind, I usually read the contracts pretty carefully, which comes from my previous career as an engineer, where I had to make foolproof contracts and avoid stepping on traps. And our healthcare union had negotiated that if your work requires a certain amount of time traveling, you should be entitled to a tax-free meal benefit. Now, I wasn't completely sure about it or if that particular statement would apply for the job I was doing, but I decided to ask stupid questions about it and eventually force my supervisor to contact the management just to get a statement on the issue at hand. From the management, it went to the legal department and they began to delve into it and it lasted for weeks and this is because they couldn't outright deny it and they eventually came to a conclusion that it could not be applied to the job which I had. Now, I was a little annoyed at this, but I decided to not contest it any more than that. But that's when another statement, which the union had negotiated for us, came to my attention. And that stated that if we have an office or a station, as well as a social space, where we can warm up meals in like a microwave or a coffee maker, then we are entitled to have lunch break for about 30 minutes a day at the regular office where we leave every morning. And just to kind of recap, I mentioned earlier that our area is rather large. So if I was working on northern parts, for example, it could take about two hours to drive there, spend four hours with the patients around that area, and then drive back to the station in an eight-hour shift. So I agreed with the bosses that I would drop the issue with the meal benefit, and I will then instead eat at the office. And they agreed to this as well. I even got this in writing in an email, stating that I could do this. So moving forward, not every day, but a few times a week, when I was assigned to some faraway area, I jumped into the car, I drove there, and did maybe one patient call. Then I had to hurry back so I can begin my lunch break, take my 30 minutes to eat, and then drive back to do another patient and then drive all the way back. That's a lot of driving and it's a big waste of time. Eventually, after doing this for a while, I was confronted about this and I just simply explained that because I can't afford to eat lunch every day, I just have to eat my own cooking at the office. And as we don't have a meal benefit, I'm practically forced to drive back and forth so that I can have my law-abiding lunch break. They were absolutely dumbfounded at first, but they could not squirm out of it in the slightest. Now, the common practice for who knows how long basically was that the paramedics and anybody else just kind of went along with it and paid for their own meals, as they literally didn't know any better. They had always had the possibility to go back to the station to eat, and I'm quite sure that we were all entitled for that meal benefit, since it is prescribed by law, plus the union agreements in a way, basically stating that if you can't eat in a regular way at the office, you should and are entitled to a meal benefit instead. But up until me, literally no one else contested this in the slightest. Now, since they were so dumbfounded, they actually asked me to not do that in the future. But I responded to that by blatantly asking them if they're going to give me a meal benefit of any kind, because if they don't do it, I'm entitled to come back to the station and eat for my 30 minutes. Now, the discussion went on a little bit longer on this subject, but eventually they caved in. They arranged the meal benefit for every nurse and paramedic on the department, as they couldn't find a way out otherwise, and they couldn't have us driving back and forth and not performing our job in the slightest. So thankfully, in the end, I don't have to do all that useless driving, and now I get a meal plan simply because I decided to maliciously comply. Yeah, this story alone is why unions exist, because otherwise people get taken advantage of. There's a time and a place where unions are very useful, and this is literally one of them. The original poster probably cost them a lot of money just to teach them a lesson and explain to them 
hey, if you want me to eat at the office, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. So I really think it was cool to see this original poster stand up for themselves. Because having to drive back and forth like that is seriously not worth the cost. And if they had simply just given them the meal benefit plan like they asked in the beginning, they literally could have avoided all of this trouble in the first place. My entitled cousin claims that she spent some quality time with my boyfriend who passed away last year. And I'm not sure if she said this just to be mean or to try and hurt me or if this really is the truth. And at this point, I don't know what to do. So almost a year ago, I lost the man that I consider the love of my life. He passed away in an accident unexpectedly. It was tragic and I went into depression. He was the man I wanted to call my husband and have a family with. There were so many things we wanted to experience together. I just couldn't deal with it and the pain was very strong. Thankfully, I had a few people who were there for me. I also went to therapy and it really helped me. It still hurts a lot, but I'm doing my best to get through it. Now, here's the issue. I have this cousin who I see from time to time, but I don't really get along with. She only contacts me when she needs help with something. She used to have a lot of issues and trouble that she continues to struggle with to this day. So I used to feel a bit bad about her and I would just try to help her out a little bit. Two days ago, she called me because she wanted to know if I could take care of her kids. And this was just going to be for a few hours. She is a single mother of two. I told her that I couldn't do it because I had to study for an exam. And right about then, she started to get mad. She went on a rant and told me that I was a jerk, saying that I was lying and things like that. I told her I was done with her and her insults. And right as I was about to hang up, that's when she told me something that absolutely ruined me. She said that she spent some quality time with my former boyfriend for three months. And that was all the way up until the day that he passed away. Now, when she said that, I just couldn't believe it. I was in disbelief. I was completely shocked, but I didn't know if it was true or not. I told her to shut up and that it was all lies. I then said that she needs to take her medication and then I just hung up on her. I started to cry. I was in so much shock. I wasn't ready for that. I know she has some bipolar issues, but I also know for sure that she has spent some quality time with plenty of people who've been married and taken men as well away from their wives in the past. I am so confused. I have such a hard time believing that my boyfriend would have been able to do that to me. He didn't even like her and she didn't like him either. I don't think she was his type and he told me she was bringing up too much drama. If it is true, I never saw or noticed anything. I can't believe it, but it puts some doubts in my mind. I'm feeling lost and confused now. Is she lying? Does she invent this because she wanted to be mean or just to hurt me? What should I do? There are two possibilities here and both of them really do not reflect well on your cousin. For starters, there's a good chance that she said this just to be mean. She wanted to think of the worst thing that she could think of just to try and hurt you. And she knows that you're mourning the loss of your boyfriend and she knows that if she said that she had spent some quality time with him, that would absolutely destroy you. And by the way, this is over you not babysitting her kid for a few hours. I'm starting to figure out why she's single, by the way. Hopefully you are too. The other possibility that I honestly don't believe is that maybe she did spend some quality time with your boyfriend, but still that only reflects badly on her. And based off of what you're describing, I just don't believe that that might be the case. Your boyfriend clearly did not like her and it sounds like he recognized her as just a drama magnet. There's also no way of corroborating that kind of claim and in my opinion, there's no point in trying to dig deeper into that. So instead of asking if this lady's lying or not, I think you need to ask yourself why am I still in contact with her? She is clearly trying to manipulate you and use you so you can be some kind of free babysitter for her and even if she did have a thing with your boyfriend, she only brought it up to try and hurt your feelings. So I would honestly 
start the process of removing this lady from my life for good. And that's regardless of what the truth is. Honestly, I am so sorry that you lost your boyfriend, but you're going to be so much better away from this crazy cousin. She does not have your best interest in mind, and in my opinion, it really seems like she is just trying to hurt you. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.